So this is how Liberty dies. With thunderous applause. The prequel trilogy of Star Wars doesn't get as much love as the original. However, one would have to be unhinged to deny the prequels of any merit at all. I'd go as far as to argue the only flaws of the prequel trilogy lie in the dialogue and the refusal to reveal Darth Jar Jar in all of his deserved glory. Revenge of the Sith is indubitably my favorite Star Wars movie and one of my favorite movies of all time. It's not because it's just one of the most memorable and quotable and memeable nowadays. It was carefully crafted, well-constructed, and methodically assembled as the apotheosis of the prequel trilogy. The script writing, in my opinion, it made sense. To me, George Lucas is a genius, even if it's on accident. If such thing could exist, he's a genius on accident, in my opinion. I'm not going to bore you with movie reviews as much as I'd love to one day. I bring up Revenge of the Sith because it's an allegory. It's an allegory that perfectly represents the political reality of modernity. You've got the Republic. You've got the Separatists. I like to think of Democrats as Separatists and Republicans as the Republic. Uh, Whichever way you want to put it, it's all the same thing. Had those two sides... You had the independent peoples and systems who wanted nothing to do with either side, but were invariably dragged into conflict anyways. But you can't forget, you had a mysterious force that was lurking behind the scenes, which controlled both sides and eventually revealed himself when it was too late for anybody to stop stop him or do anything about it. And of course... All of these sides and the independent systems would eventually be subject to the rule of this one man. Now the movies, they they made the Separatists seem like the bad guys, right? And I'd say they were to an extent. However, the ultimate bad guy was the villain who was playing both sides, right? Behind the scenes. And I'd say the biggest crime of the Separatists would be their participation in playing into the hand of this hidden figure and not realizing he's the reason everyone's fighting in the first place. So as abysmal of a party I believe the Democratic Party to be in terms of their beliefs and agendas and whatnot, I'm not out here fighting with members of that party. I understand there's a larger force at work. I believe we all should be actively working together to oppose the cryptocracy, which is that hidden force. People are out here fighting each other. They don't, they don't realize it's playing right into their overarching agenda. Goofy. It's foolishness. To fight means there's going to be a winner, or you think there's going to be a winner, but there's no actual winning. Just like in the movie, as soon as there's a winner, the winning side will soon realize they've been fighting the wrong enemy. That's why in the movie, the Republic won, and their victory was not even one day. The celebration didn't didn't even last one day. Emperor wiped out both sides. 
like it was nothing. That was easy. So don't get confused. I'll never be fighting individual people. My fight is against belief systems, ideologies, doctrines, and Satan himself. Individually, these people are not important anyways. That sounds a little harsh. But in the grand scheme of things, it's more important to be fighting against these doctrines. This is Transgressive Modernity with Elijah Gibbs. Ready or not, peoples, here I come. I'm never going to be attacking individual people. Won't catch me doing it. Not even the Judeo-Christians, not even the Jews. I'll attack their beliefs, but that's not a person. And I never said there won't be people who call themselves Jews in heaven or people who are subjected to desacralized Protestantism who are in heaven, right? What a grave falsity that would be if I said something like that. I didn't. Of course there will be. Half of these people don't even realize what they're doing and the practices they're adopting. They don't, they don't see what's going on here. However, any belief system that denies the resurrection of Christ or denies that Jesus is God, will certainly not be in heaven. So why would I follow a belief system that could keep me out of heaven or adopt any of these traditions from these belief systems that are going to keep me out of heaven? He very clearly said, deny me and I'll deny you. Now due to the fact that being a true Jew would require you to be a Talmudist, and many would also say it would require you to be a Kabbalist and deny Christ, I can boldly tell you that if that applies to you, you will be rejected. That's just scripture. I sure can. Although that doesn't necessarily apply to the majority, I'm not going to absolve the majority either for their many flaws and blasphemous beliefs. All these misnamed factions. Yeah, when you con when you consciously participate in that type of thing, I just I can't follow. Can't follow, can't absolve you. Understand what I'm saying. Again, I'm not attacking people. I'm only attacking religions. So today, I'll be attacking the Democratic Party, betraying many of their flaws. More importantly, betraying the inconsistent manner in which they are perceived when one considers the perception of the Republican Party. With the understanding that these individuals in that party are only being used as a tool for a greater force lurking in the shadows. This episode will in no ways absolve the Republican Party of its faults or its actions which play into the cryptocracy's agenda. Forgive me if it seems like it does, though. I consider myself very critical of the Republican Party. However, 
in comparison to the Democratic Party, it's almost fit to pl- to to praise a party that stands in opposition to such a disaster. And when I say disaster, I wouldn't touch the Democratic Party with a 39-and-a-half-foot pole. This is what I'm talking about. That's the party we're talking about. So this this inconsistent perception where both sides can do the same thing and only one side gets a negative reaction and media coverage, I call it mass psychogenic myopia. That's what I call it. I, I believe they're in the media they do have a term for this. I know I saw it somewhere. I can't remember what it is. Some sort of technical term. Forgive me. Don't remember what it is. That's what I call it. Mass psychogenic myopia, the woke variety. This is something that has not always existed. I talk to a lot of people who are much older than me. Nowadays, we we call them old heads. (laughs) But, you know, I I talk to people who are much older than me. They tell me this phenomenon has not always existed. They say it wasn't a thing 50-plus years ago. So there's not going to be any psychoanalytic studies which are going to express the functionality of it. it, None of that's going to exist. There's not going to be any data to to qualify anything some stuff we just have to observe and infer for ourselves that's a hard thing to to measure and it, it, no one's going to measure it because it's not seen as a, a problem and no doubt it was intended that way This is one of the many axioms of modernity that wasn't a thing years ago. Someone like me is going to ask the question, why? And I talk to a lot of these older people because that's where wisdom comes from. That's who who I receive wisdom from. Of course, the ultimate source of wisdom is God. But when he's, he's blessed you to have people that he's already given the wisdom to in your life, You're supposed to get it from them. Because he's still speaking through them. I promise I am not I am not as original as I may seem. Not original at all. All my stances, all my positions, they're all derived from an older generation and biblical principles. Older generation gets a lot of stuff from biblical principles. I call it transgressive. But many people of that generation, they don't see it as transgressive at all. So I'm not here to take credit for anything that's not mine. I'm just here because the younger generations, they think they have all the answers. They've stopped obeying those who have rule over them. They got all the answers, but society is jacked up somehow. Well, why is it jacked up if we have all the answers? Because we don't. We stop listening to our God-given authority. So, 
If you're like me, if you grow up around older people, your disposition is going to be quaint. It's, it's in your nature. It's in my nature. Same way I grew up around hustlers. So I can't get comfortable in a prolonged state of laziness. It does something to me. But if you grew up around bums, and then an older person or a person in authority says to stop being a bum, you're going to think they hate it. <laughs> you're going to think they hate it. So sometimes you need to see someone your age getting after it to make you realize, wow, I'm really a bum. I should stop being a bum. I need to change. It's the same concept. The lack of positive influences and the abundance of negative influences has produced a generation with little to no sound beliefs. People are so unforgiving nowadays. I see it every day, all the time. You don't agree with somebody, you don't get forgiven, you don't get chances. Modernity prides itself in this kind of thing. Unforgiveness. Well, you can be unforgiving. If you're unforgiving, you're going to the lake. It's as simple as I'm making it. Everyone's unapologetic. <laughs> it's a trend. Be unapologetic. I've probably heard that 10,000 times in the past year. Some of y'all need to be apologetic. Out here ruining lives, causing division, causing chaos. Just walking bulldozers talking about unapologetic. <laughs> and, and, and they come to me and, and wonder why their friendships don't last two months. You got to know when to forgive and when to apologize. And how myopic must you be to think you don't ever do any wrong to anybody? Turn around complaining any time somebody wrongs you. Bilge. It's all bilge. So as modernity gets more bold with these bizarre beliefs, I get more bold with mine. And I just, I just don't have these fears that everyone else has. Just don't. When you, when you talk to God every day, you just don't have these fears. So you can't scare me with death, imprisonment, persecution, censorship. None of that scares me. So I'm, I'm gonna speak on, on anything I want. And you, like the threat, there is no threat. You, you got. I'm threatened with stuff that I, I've already had to face before. What are you going to threaten me with? Poverty? Been there, done that. And here's the thing. If God's fighting my battles, I'm not the one who should be scared. <laughs> I am the last one who should be scared. But when people wrong me, I just pray for them. Because they don't realize the implications of what they're doing. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing it. And whatever they do to me, I have to forgive them because I'm guilty of doing the same thing. Jesus prayed. Jesus had to pray that God forgive the Jews for killing him on the cross. 
while we while we recognize the sin that this is, we can't look at it as any worse than the sins we've committed. The Bible makes this very clear. And we've got to look at the disciples as being just as guilty. All this stuff happened in the same night. Everybody was there for the Last Supper. Yet in the same night, somehow, Jesus ends up in the garden alone. Well, how'd that happen? They're no better. So when we can consider our own mistakes, we can forgive. It's easier to forgive. That's what they don't want you to do nowadays. God forbid you make one mistake, people are ready to cut ties forever. Foolishness. I just want to be happy. <laughs> Y'all kill me, man. Well, you, you ain't ever going to be happy because you can't ex- accept the fact that man is flawed. How are you going to be happy? My mom did this. My dad did this. You ain't never going to be happy. And when you don't forgive, it it says more about your problems than anything. People don't forgive me. I know it has nothing to do with me. It don't have nothing to do with me. Especially when I'm giving good advice. It has nothing to do with me. Telling on yourself. Every comment section... <laughs> Nowadays, man, you can't do nothing. Every comment section you go to, somebody is saying, do your research. I, I see it all the time. Do your research. Do your re- And then they post a link after. <laughs> they post a link, like, right after it. Do your research? My brother, I can make an article... About the shape of the earth being a bagel. And put it online very easily. And that's exactly what's happening. People have gotten good at making fake videos. So now people think everything is fake. They don't know how to discern truth. It all plays right into the agenda. You think this wasn't intentional? Now, when a Fauci says, drink the Kool-Aid, and then Google says, drink the Kool-Aid, and then Twitter says, drink the Kool-Aid, you've got a long line of people ready to drink the Kool-Aid. Not only that, you've got an even longer line ready to beat me down because I'm going to say I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. If you're in that line, take a number. Been here since 06. The line was a lot smaller back then. It still existed. But even back then, the information that was available, it wasn't as censored as it is today. Just because they've changed the narrative doesn't mean I've forgotten. I watch a lot of fitness videos. Whenever somebody's 
posting a, a transformation or efforts that they're, that they're making to work on their body and whatnot. Somebody is always in the comment section talking about steroid usage or they're juicing. Like, it's it's just crazy, man. And I mean, it's it's every video. They either say you have no gains or or you're juicing. Like how how can it be every video? Like the the man lost three pounds and you're talking about steroids. What like what does that have to do with this? You know, you just you can't do good without people finding fault in it, man. It's crazy to me. And then you look at their profile picture. Somebody in terrible condition. It's never somebody in good shape saying stuff like that. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Like, my brother, you should consider the steroids. You you might need to be juicing up or the TRT, whatever things are called. But, yeah, man. People get offended when you're trying to improve yourself instead of doing what you did. Surreal. Everybody's got a title. I'm an empath. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, really? You're an empath? I'm a healer. Sure you are. <laughs> like, just just say you collect fake crystals and smoke weed. Because what are we talking about? You're a healer. You Googled chakras, watched a five-minute video, and now you think... Your monk monkeyazzo. <laughs> if you get that reference, I appreciate you for listening, man. But yeah, I mean, everybody's got to have a title. Just say you're a nobody. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Even me. It's like they're requiring you to to write a bio in order to release a podcast. And I'm just sitting there, I'm, I'm like, I have no clue what to call myself. Like, do I put my occupation, which is going to have nothing to do with what I talk about? I don't know. I just made something up. Spiritual activist. Never heard of it before. I think collectively people need to make changes to their spirit. Spiritual activist. I just made it up. I don't have a unique title. I'm a nobody. I've got no problem with that. The difference is, with me, at least, I know I just made something up. I get a feeling that these people, they actually think they're, <laughs> they have some sort of unique divine title. Like, let me pat myself on the back. I'm a sympath. <laughs> like, it's a supernatural ability sent down from heaven, only bestowed upon a select few. I told y'all, man. I told y'all. Everybody's got to be important. In the wrong ways. Why don't you just do what God said to do? Then you'll be important. So, I'm going to get into the deception of the Democratic Party. The deception surrounding the Democratic Party. But candidly, it goes a lot deeper than that. The cryptocracy in many ways... They've accomplished 
it, their goals of alchemically processing the general population to the point of apathy. The profoundness of a truth revealed has no bearing on an audience that's been heavily processed. And they know that, which is why they'll release information that incriminates themselves to try and demoralize us. They had to be covert with that type of thing back in the day. Because what they get away with now, it just wouldn't, ha it wouldn't fly back then, right? The people weren't nearly as processed. So they've taken this gradualistic approach to processing. Think about how, for an example, think about how they banned the production of, of certain vehicles from the 90s due to the emissions and whatnot. They didn't just take all the cars off the street, right? It was a gradual process. They phased them out, right? They made it seem like it was a favorable outcome. Not to say it wasn't a favorable outcome, but if you offer me a car that gets 60 miles to the gallon nowadays, I would strongly consider taking it, you know? But that's what they did. They made it seem like a favorable outcome. Think about how they want to phase in these electrical vehicles now. And not only is it a gradual process, it's also the altering of general thought to implant their thoughts into our minds. You see, because if it's your idea and you believe it's your idea and it's a good idea, how are you going to oppose it? You're not going to oppose it, right? So it's important for us to act powerfully and intelligently when receiving new information, in the words of a wise man. Action alone is insufficient in response to revelations. So voter fraud is most certainly a reality. Ask Nevada. It's been a reality for quite, quite some time. However, storming the White House is an action which only serves the cryptocracy. Think about the civil rights movement. And I was just using this example the other day. You had a collective group of people who acted powerfully and intelligently. It was a very organized assembly, right? It wasn't just arbitrarily doing stuff. There was a purpose. Cryptocracy does not want to see that kind of thing nowadays. They don't want to see an organized assembly like that nowadays. So, in many ways, they've accomplished their mission to handicap the general public by inhibiting our ability to rightly divide the word of truth. We've lost the ability to sort things out for ourselves. And without reading the Bible, all of us will invariably fall victim to mass psychogenic myopia, as I mentioned. A characteristic of which is the selective and inconsistent manner in which groups of people think and act rationally. You see what I'm saying? Additionally, 
There is the alchemically contrived mixture of emotions with stringent processes. Use an example. To discredit or disprove someone or something once upon a time, it took more than just a feeling. I believe further examination should be done on the workings of these processes. I believe the process is flawed. To credit or indeed discredit using information unrelated to the topic at hand should be considered fraudulent. We offer no redemption to the people in question or acknowledge any merit or wisdom or nobility in any other work that they do. Did we do that to Einstein? Think about it. Plenty of his theories get disproved or were disproved, but we still respect the work and we still acknowledge the wisdom in his other works, right? I don't think Einstein would last long with this processed population. Founding fathers are barely making it. And this is this is a key symptom of mass psychogenic myopia. Can't salvage any good from any people who've been wrong before or deemed by society to be evil. And we're selective with it. Let me read a Hitler quote right now. Never, never, never give up. I bet I just upset somebody. Even though the quote was a positive message, someone filled with hatred or someone affected by mass psychogenic myopia can't receive the message. Even if it's true or it makes sense, you just can't receive it. The quote becomes no longer true once someone is deemed to be evil or wrong about something. That wasn't even a Hitler quote. It was Winston Churchill. See what I mean? And now the quote is true again. You see? People love quoting Churchill as if he wasn't a mass murderer too. So not only are you wrong, you're selectively wrong. You're a contradiction. You're an oxymoron. Heavy on the moron. There's no consistency. If you're going to be wrong, at least be consistent in your wrongness. I went to the extreme so I could use this example. Andrew Tate. Whatever he did or didn't do has no bearing on the validity or the accuracy of the message he was spreading. Check how I kick it. He did something wrong, right? Okay, lock him up. We all got to account for our actions. I have no problem with that. What I have a problem with is the delusional internet people using his flaws or mistakes to tear down a positive message. Uh, Like, how bizarre is that? I think we all should have a problem with this. And you had to know, if he didn't do something stupid himself, eventually, someone was going to try and harm him for that message. Oh, yes. And that's, that's just... 
that happens every time someone spreads a positive message. There's always somebody who's got to harm the messenger or the message. Anything to tear it down. Anything to tear down positivity. Not allowed to tell men that their lives aren't meaningless. Can't tell men to be men in 2023. Doesn't surprise me. I'm telling you, there's always somebody in opposition to powerful and positive messages. And you know what? If you want to attack positivity, your deficits are showing. That's all I see. Some people couldn't wait. Vultures. Won't come near you till you're dead. Cowards. Jellyback cucks. But if you're on social media all day, or you're watching CNN all day, it's easy to fall victim. And everybody wants to look happy online. How are you going to look happy spreading hatred? The smiles, the crystals, the readings. You're only fooling yourself. Some people can handle social media responsibly. I salute you. I can't. But yeah, this gradualistic approach... This is the gradualistic approach to getting rid of men and altering public opinion to make men seem less important. Why would they do this, right? Why would they do this? Well, I'll tell you one thing. Strong men don't tolerate the kind of stuff that they're promulgating. Teaching Sex education to kindergarten students? Oh, you've crossed the line. Oh, you've crossed the line. They're already doing it at a young age. Understand. Already be done already being done at a young age. So now you're crossing another line. Not only that, they want LGBT to teach the kids sex education. So they can throw their woke genderism ideology in there. Indoctrination. That's what it is. I mean, we talk about them using vaccines to make human 2.0. But that at this point, do they even need it? Really? When you can control group thought, do you need the vaccines? Just a side note, since I brought up vaccines, nobody wants to say it, but DeMar Hamlin may have been hurt by a vaccine. And if I'm the only one who says it, that's all right. Nobody wants to say anything about Max Mitchell of the New York Jets. Blood clots. They called it a non-football injury. There goes his season. Wonder what's been causing blood clots. And he's not the only one. These are not the only examples. But I just figure I'd throw that side note in there. But now I'll bore you all with a lengthy anecdote. The year is 2020. A most beloved friend of mine in this year 
suffered from the myopic view spouted by the media, which promulgated voting for the presidential election. This promulgation was driven almost entirely on victimization stemming from varying political views. I tried to no avail to explain to my dear friend how flawed and dangerous this was. I tried to elucidate the perverse motives driving these victimization tactics and more importantly the mischaracterization of it. At the time I affirmed that many citizens had only been persuaded to vote for the first time through the use of such tactics and manipulations of emotions through clever semantics. I said that I should be given a better reason to vote than it's my duty as a citizen, to which I was told it's my duty as a citizen. I said that since my freedoms allow me the choice, I should not be alienated for exercising my freedoms regardless of what choice I make. To that I was told it's my duty as a citizen. I said that having respect of persons based on politics was wrong. I said that equating varying views to personalized attacks or microaggressions or whatever on individuals and groups of individuals was a mistake. To that my friend replied, if I don't vote, we will no longer be friends. To that response I asked, did you vote two years ago for the local elections? To which she responded, no, what's that? Ladies and gentlemen, against what my mind tells me, against what I encounter on a day-to-day -day basis, I'm willing to concede that most people in this country are well-meaning people. I believe the powers that be are determined to divide us all. Make no mistake, there's lots of money to be made from this division. Once you understand the money motivation, it's easy to see the methods that they use to accomplish this goal. Historically, in America, they use class differences and the disparity concerning standard of living. That's what they use to divide us. The overall expansion of the middle class and the elevated baseline for the standard of living has made this weapon less effective. Now, they've changed their approach. Political identity is the new weapon of choice. I'd say it's a very wise choice. If you can cause people to make decisions based on emotions, you can cause them to make poor decisions. All of this circles back to the twilight language that we've been subjected to. I mean, look at the population it's produced. Logic would tell you it's irrational to alienate people for a decision they make when you yourself have done the same. Logic would tell you that. Even if you believe it to be the wrong decision, logic will, will step in and tell you, no, 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 you did the same thing. Emotions will have you ignore empirical and verifiable evidence completely, and you'll be relying solely on anecdotal evidence. That's what emotions will have you doing. When it comes to craftiness, understand, the enemy of this country, the enemy of this country is compared to none. 
What part of the serpent was more subtle than the other beast didn't register for you? What part of strong delusion didn't you get? The enemy has caused many to lose sympathy and judge every situation with the dogmatic views of one side. Is that not evident? What my friend and many others don't realize is that by disqualifying people like me from redemption, they have disqualified themselves by their own standards. Apparently, if you're not a Trump-hating leftist, you're wrong. You're inherently wrong. You don't deserve to have a voice. Don't deserve anything. You would think people like this would be exceedingly grateful. The choice they wanted me to make would not have been my choice had I exercised my right to vote. Deception compounding deception. Delusion compounding delusion. That's all that is. It's my personal belief that many have gone against their own beliefs in order to escape alienation like this. Nobody wants to lose their friends. Cowards. We've all done it before. We've we've all made decisions or said something in order to escape alienation. But you gotta change. You gotta improve yourself. You gotta redeem yourself. There remains redemption for the people who have done this. One bad choice does not condemn you. All right? So why do I bring up the 2020 election? Well, call me a fool. However, it was my belief at the time, and still remains, that state and local offices are more important positions to be voting upon. Think of term limits. Think of the overall long-lasting impact of one party in control of a state versus one party in control of the country. The fact of the matter is, there's no limit on how long a governor can stay in office in New York. And and plenty of places are like this, right? If unaddressed, there could be no balance at all on the state level. But if you look at the federal level, historically, imbalance has never been an everlasting outcome. Think about Obama. I'd say he wreaked havoc. But guess what? The damage was fixable. How do we know? His successor was able to fix and mitigate it. Let's say you thought he did a good job. Let's say you thought Trump did a bad job. Let's say Trump wreaked havoc. You could say that his successor was able to fix the damage. I mean, of course you'd be lying and delusional, but one could say that because... They're different parties. And even when a party has the presidential position, they still have the House and the Senate and whatnot to check that. It ain't it ain't the same on the state level, man. There's some states where one party controls everything. And that's that's the point I was trying to make. And even even when a party has a lot of control on the federal level, it doesn't last forever. That's the point I was making.
Think about what Biden's doing. What he's doing, it that don't that just does not look fixable. Don't look salvageable. Can't imagine eight years. I just can't. What would be left to salvage? That's like one of the only bright sides one can can look towards. As bad as it is, he can only get away with two terms. Some of these people have been plaguing our nation for 20 plus years. They still hold offices. They still hold positions. That's the point I was trying to make. And that's what everyone's gotten away from. You're not thinking of the bigger picture. Thinking of the president position because they put that on TV. That's all I was saying. Two terms of an abhorrent governor can rival and exceed in abhorrence two terms of an abhorrent president. It's the point I was making. And you got to know when the damage is done in all things. You got to know when the damage is said and done, right? Many conservatives weren't Obama fans his first go-round, right? But after his first term and moving into his second, we knew the damage had been done to the economy and whatnot. So in the time when his second term was coming up and he had a terrible opponent, many conservative people went with Obama. Why? Because the damage was already done and his opponent was just going to make things worse. So we all got together and said, all right, the damage is done. Leave him in office. They didn't do the same for Trump. I have a problem with that. If you were concerned with the social fabric and whatnot of the country before his first term, that's fine. That's understandable, right? But after he's already been in the position... What more damage is going to be done on a social scale? And that's not even the same as as the economic scale. The social scale, it, it, the damage was done. So what what are we talking about after the first term? Not to mention the fact that he did a decent job. Certainly better than his predecessor and his successor. Certainly better than what many of us had expected. But instead of making the rational choice like we made with Obama, we decided to give the job to someone who's caused more damage than six Trump terms could have caused. You understand that? That's why I opposed the federal student loan forgiveness talks when they brought it up in 2020 and before then. But now that the interest rates are jacked, now that the interest rates are ruined, the damage is done. You got to pay up now. You might as well pay up. And you got to pay the full amount. Otherwise, you made it worse for people. And I already did the math, but if you want to check my math, feel free to. At the rate that interest rates are rising, the student loans will reach their cap. I know mine. My student loans will reach their cap before Biden is out of office. To put this into perspective for those who don't have a loan, Trump was in office 
my rate was hovering 6 to 8%. Biden's been there for two years. That rate is now around 12%. The cap is 16%. So uh, the rate's almost been doubled, and it's halfway to the cap. So in reality, if they pay out the $20,000, really what they're paying for is the price increase that they caused themselves in the first place. You know, there'll be a couple thousand dollars more, but you guys see what I'm saying. It's a it's a real simple concept. If you have over 40,000, you're not benefiting at all from the 20,000. Cuz you're still going to be paying and you're going to be paying more. Only people that would benefit significantly are those with 20,000 or less in student loans. But how could that be the target recipients? That's not even who they said the target recipients were. Those aren't the people who are struggling to pay off the loans. It's the people who have much more, much more debt. And so a full payment is barely going to help me with 40,000. I'm having a hard time finding any benefits to this thing at all. But the damage is done now, so you got to pay it. Got to know when the damage is done. Pay up, Biden. Pay up. And I'm going to I'm going to try and stay on on script cuz I have a long monologue and because of its length, you know, if I get off script this could take a while, but I really don't even need a script to talk about this kind of stuff. So yeah, these new age cucks criticize me, and they don't even vote for local positions. They didn't even vote for the, the previous presidential position. What a joke. It's time to just admit you were wrong. We've all been wrong before. I remember 2016... Trump was talking about building this wall. I thought it was laughable. Everyone in school thought it was a joke. We all said it was a waste of money. Now I suspect Trump might be clairvoyant. I mean, I had no idea what things were going to be like now. It didn't make sense to me back then. I thought the wall was going to be a waste of money. I had no idea we'd have an administration that spends more money than was spent on the wall to house and to transport illegal immigrants. Now they just dump them in shelters. No resources, no contacts. Just dump them in shelters. And then Democrats get mad if you ask them about it. Or if you <laughs> or if you decide to drop them off at Cape Cod or New York or a destination spot, they'll get mad as if this isn't what they signed up for. They caught what, like a quarter million at the border last month? Keyword caught. <laughs> caught is the keyword. Yeah. All types of trafficking going on at the border. It's a madhouse. And I was just saying this the other day. Right now, Trump should just be sitting sitting back, 
not saying a word. Don't say a word. He likes to run his mouth a lot. Now is the time to just sit back. Don't say a word because you said all this was going to happen. And I was very critical on Trump for a lot of things. Military spending I thought was excessive. Certain things I thought were superfluous or unnecessary. He bragged about certain trade negotiations and getting rid of the trade deficit. And Personally, I didn't see the effectiveness of, of th- certain things. But never do I recall him giving out resources for free to all these countries like it's going out of style. I stand with Ukraine. I stand with Ukraine. Brother, I love you, man. But if you go fit, picking a fight with Mike Tyson, with Brock Lesnar, you know, we cool and everything, but don't look at me for no backup. That's your business. You started that fight. Don't make no sense to me. Like, what are we talking about? Two pounds of grapes cost $15. I got the receipt. Right now, the point is, right now ain't the time to be giving out resources to anybody. $15 for some grapes. I'm still going to buy them because I like grapes, but, you know, right now just ain't the time, man. Trump accused of collusion. Months of investigation. Found nothing. People are still talking about it. You know what? Investigation, fine. But giving out resources for no return, that's not a sign of collusion? We're not at all suspicious, not even a little bit. No investigation. And this is the stuff I'm talking about. It's the the mass psychogenic myopia. Only one person got an investigation out here giving money to Japan like it's a charity. Really? Really? Trump demanded tribute from these places. He he told us to tariff these places. That's what he said we should do. And if you thought the purchase of military equipment was a waste of money like I did, what about just giving it away? What about leaving it up for grabs? And y'all know what I'm talking about. And I'm sure the Taliban didn't touch anything. I'm sure when they came back into power, it's because it's what the people wanted. Didn't touch anything. What about the GDP? I always use the internet to find that statistic in the past, right? I can't even find it now. Economists are are scratching their heads. Because I'm, I'm seeing all these articles, some new, some old. They thought 2022 was going to be the year that we made a full recovery. In fact, they they expected us to make a full recovery in 2022 from the pandemic, right? Our economy is in shambles. There's no recovery. What are we talking about? No stability. So what are we blaming it on? 
Trump's not in the picture. When Trump was in the picture, there was stability. And if you're going to bring up the pandemic and that kind of thing and and what the economy looked like because of that, I'm going to bring up Obama in, in 08 and 09 and that housing crisis. Because you don't want to compare stats. You trust me, you do not want to compare stats. And then, see, I don't, I don't fault Obama for that, for that happening. But look what happened afterwards. Did the people get bailed out? Did he send out a stimulus check? If he did, somebody needs to tell him to send me mine. He didn't send out no stimulus check. They bailed out the bailed out the big businesses. That's who got bailed out on his watch. At least under Trump, they started sending out stimuluses. Stimuli. <laughs> However you say it. But yeah. And I believe they did stuff for the businesses too, but understand what's going on here. Understand what I'm saying. Trump was here. He was in favor of deregulation. He was in favor of privatization, free trade, market capitalism, all things that worked. Biden came in. He said, oh, I'm going to change the tax brackets. I thought we all were going to be saved. What happened to that? Change the tax brackets, and that's going to save us, right? It's all the money we need. Doesn't work. Do you realize inflation was lowered under Trump? Under Trump, inflation was lowered, and GDP was still increased. We talk about our love for minorities. Under Trump, all minorities had drastic improvements in their economic status. Under under Biden, inflation rate was over 4.5% in 2021. That's not even 2022. I, I'm scared to know what it was in 2022 because it was worse. So you had someone who decreased inflation versus someone who increased inflation. Over 4.5%. I thought they'd be proud of the GDP statistics. Matter of fact, I did see a report. The report I saw was under 2% for this past year. A lot to be proud about. I could go on with stats, but do we really need them? Really? Do we need stats? Do we need stats to know that giving away diesel and oil for free is a terrible idea? Do you need an economist to, to break that down for you? Really? Really? 
censorship on public and free platforms and domains. Really. You know, here here in the States, we see China as this monster and this bad entity. We ain't all that different. I'd wager the average Chinese citizen is happier than we are. At least they're upfront about the communism over there. We act as if it don't exist here. As if it's foreign. Please. And I'm staying on topic. Because there's all types of legislation being passed that needs to be questioned. If it was a Republican in that position, the scrutiny would be evident. It'd be abundant. That's all I'm saying. Show some consistency. And when nefarious actions are taken against democratic figures, it gets more media attention. Gets more attention than the same acts that are done to the other side. Even today, I I saw something. Somebody did some shooting. They blamed it on a Trump supporter. They called him like MAGA King or something. Like, what is this? Who are these people? Anyone who, like, <laughs> there's no way. I, I'm not questioning the legitimate, the legitimacy of it. I'm just saying, all these shootings that just get blamed on on the side, it just something doesn't add up. Logic would tell you that shooting people up is not going to be an effective way to get people on your side. Just doesn't make sense. Documents get lost on Biden's watch. Documents get lost on Trump's watch. One situation gets minimized. The other gets highly investigated. Can you guess which one? And if one of those situations could be considered negligent or fraudulent, would have been Biden's case. But don't worry, they're taking it very seriously. That's all they want you to know is that everyone's taking it very seriously. They didn't even want to call it an investigation. The the press secretary or uh, her lovely self. She she was about to say investigation. She changed it to review. <laughs> She said it's under investi- It's under review. She can't even say investigation. Because they don't even want to say anything that might sound negative. Because they need the political advantage. You know what I find bizarre? People post these crazy videos online. People doing like the most absurd things and in the comment section everyone says oh this is a regular regular day in Ohio oh this is a regular day in Texas where did this narrative come from and when I started to think about it even in TV shows 
They make fun of Republican states. Now, I'm not going to sit here and defend Florida because I'm convinced a Florida man has done just about everything. Everything there is to do, a Florida man has done it. And I mean everything. But uh, Ohio, Texas, who's even thinking about these places? You know why, though? It's because the red states are going to be attacked and no one's going to care. They're already under attack. Physical attack. And that's why the Democrats, when they start losing, they'll just stage a kidnapping or stage an act of violence against themselves, blame it on Republicans, win the vote. Gretchen Whitmer, Nancy Pelosi. Oh yeah, I'm looking at y'all. This is an unnatural double standard that's going on here. But then Lee Zeldin gets attacked. No one makes a big deal. Don't even hear about it. I didn't hear about it for months. It goes deeper. The left wing makes appeals to violence. But then they get minimized. Vice President Harris? Chuck Schumer? Nancy Pelosi, not you. Obama? And, uh, you know, I could pull up quotes and start reading them. But why even bother? There's, there's an entire YouTube video dedicated to Democrats using violent rhetoric. And they haven't stopped. Pretty sure the video is old. All those people, they're in that video. And someone a- accurately pointed it out to me the other day. They were accusing Trump of inciting insurrection. Why were they doing that? They did that so he would become ineligible for re-election. And the rhetoric he used was also used by Biden. I watched him say the same thing. And so I'm going to ask my Democrat friends, the few that I still have, Help me dismantle this hypocrisy. Please. It's just getting out of control. I mean, I guess I could look at New York. And I really hope, for the love of God, I hope New York is a terrible example to use as a a representation of this country. Please tell me it is. I can no longer say the words New York and hope in the same sentence without almost collapsing. I mean, where do I start? Chuck Schumer, really? You're going to tell me Chuck Schumer is going to save the day. Chuck Schumer and Kirsten Gillibrand. Well, like what? Uh, they're going to they're supposed to dissent their grace upon us. Is that what I'm supposed to believe? Paul Tonko and all of his glory. He, what is he going to do? He's going to put on a cape and, and rescue us? I mean, I mean, Kathy Sheenan, Paul Tonko, Chuck Schumer. Is there really a difference? Really? Is there a difference? Are we not certain that these people are... Are we not certain they're just one entity? Can we, can we even find these people? What do they do? What do they do? What, what do they do for New York? Is, is the governor position strictly reserved for mass murders? I'm just asking. 
I mean, what was the point of replacing a mass murder with a mass murder? In all seriousness, the first word that comes to mind when I think of Kathy Hochul and her tenure over New York, lugubrious. My gripe is the fact that we were given a chance to actually part ways with this proverbial leech, this obsequious mess of a being, this unelected official. We didn't take it. What do we do? We allow this train wreck to continue her onslaught on the state of New York. You just can't make this up. Who can justify this decision for me? Somebody. I mean, I could write a book. I, a book could carefully and methodically be constructed in an attempt to encapsulate the sins of Kathy Hochul. It couldn't have enough pages. If you're a well-meaning New Yorker like myself, all you had to do was watch her debate with Zeldin, simply listen to her own words. My far-left friends, you just can't escape this unscathed. The Democratic Party has its adherents so caught up in hating Trump that the leaders of this party have actually been absolved of all blame concerning the state of our nation. How is that possible? Trump's been gone for some time, man. Like, what, what does he have to do with this? What things plaguing our nation is Trump's fault right now? What does he have to do with the problems in New York? What are you going to tell me? He has a business in, in New York or Jersey. What does that have to do with anything? Kathy can't get away with deferring all blame to the federal level. Biden can't get away with deferring all blame to the state level. Since no one wants to say it, I'm going to say it. One of them, if not both, need to be held accountable for the current state of New York. I, I just refuse to believe the people of this state are going to go another four years without holding their party responsible. And I thought this election would indubitably reflect this. I guess I was wrong. I watched the, the debate, right? And I guess I'll, I'll admit my own biases. I can't stand political leaders and officials who smile all the time. Hillary. She's Hillary 2.0. That's all she is. Despite the crime, the declining economy, the declining infrastructure, despite the inflation, Kathy Hochul stood up there with that unnatural smile. What is there a smile about right now? Like, what are you, what are you smiling about? You got people that have lived here their entire lives fleeing by the thousands. Ladies and gentlemen, some of us have family in the city of New York. We've got friends. We know people who are in and out of the prison system, in and out of custody. How are we supposed to get through to them? How are we supposed to instruct them to live better lives? When there's no presence of consequences. The consequences are minimized. So naturally, I'm, I'm going to gravitate more towards a Zeldin whose disposition was more appropriate. There's nothing to smile about when you have a mass murderer that's threatening to terrorize us. And forgive me if I'm not 
waving my pom-poms about Zelda either. Forgive me. Well, let's talk about the good and bad about our options in New York. I'll use their own words. I'll start with extolling the virtues of Hokel. Forgive me if it seems like a short list. This is what she gave me to work with. She's not enforcing a mask mandate and has lifted vaccine requirements for the time being. In her own words, she doesn't plan on expanding the vaccine requirements past health care workers. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, we're hardly a couple months from this debate. She's already trying to enforce a mandate on schools, so I guess that was a lie. Moving on. She's open to changing the no-bail laws if one day studies prove them to have been a terrible idea. Yeah. She hates Trump. Uh, I mean, hating somebody is on the positive list now. Because that's what they expect me to believe. Alright. On to the bad. Vaccine mandates remain in place for healthcare workers on her watch. As a result, thousands have quit or lost their jobs. Somehow she brags about creating jobs. Not, not sure how you can get away with that. New Yorkers can't afford to live in the state on her watch, yet she brags about putting money into our pockets. Yeah, to that I say, oh please. Giving money to the person you got it from is not much of an accomplishment, is it? Someone stop me when I'm lying. You know, Fox News accurately pointed out the fact that Florida, listen to this, Florida, with a higher population, half the budget, has no income tax, lower sales tax, lower property tax, spends less on education, and still outperforms New York. On Hochul's watch, there's no improvement to the roads or infrastructure. We're paying more than ever before. New Yorkers are giving money to the education system. Students are failing. Students are stupid. Isn't it great? Hochul's an advocate for taking power out of the hands of parents when it comes to health and, and wellness of their children. Even what their kids learn in the education system. That's what she's an advocate for. Hochul is against the Constitution. She claims Zeldin is using fear to win over the people, and in the same breath, she uses fear as a reason to ban assault weapons. Now, the statistics have long shown that the vast majority of murders committed with firearms in this country are done with handguns. Everybody knows this. Mass murders using assault weapons, they've been idolized, but that, that does not change the statistic. The media idolizes it, but the reality is these occurrences are extremely rare. So, she wants to get rid of illegal guns, which are statistically not the problem. Nevertheless, if you wanted to get rid of illegal guns, why is your solution to go after the currently legal guns? See what I'm saying? It don't make sense. But understand that there's more to these motivations, right? So her, her solution to crime is to ban guns. 
of all violent crimes, guns are involved in such a small percentage that her solution is objectively a bad one. Not to mention it's unconstitutional. She's been calling the shots for a couple years now, yet New York remains flooded with gun violence. So does her stuff really work? Her plans are bad. She wants responsible gun owners to go through all types of hoops to obtain their licenses and keep their licenses. What kind of solution is that? You've got to submit your social media, get interviewed, added training to an already extensive process. Really, her solution exposes how little she knows about the process and the scope of responsibilities for the instructors and for the State Department of Criminal Justice Services. Everyone knows the instructors don't have the capacity to accommodate all of what she's asking, requiring. And they're ambiguous with where you can have the things, where you can carry and where you can't carry. It just, it's ridiculous. She's over here wasting her time with assault weapons. Have you been to the hood? Let me take her to to 125th or West 4th Street or Fordham, somewhere. Let me just take her to the city, man. Show her what's really going on. You go to the hood. Nobody's walking around with ARs. They just throw switches on the Glock, and you got an AR right there. It's it, They're not... There's a lot of things wrong with, with what she's trying to do. It just doesn't make sense. Have you heard one of those? I'm more scared of the the, the Glock with the, with the switch on it than I am of... <laughs> an assault weapon or an assault rifle uh, you it's easier to conceal that thing just have you have y'all heard that man just put a switch on the glock and it, case closed feel real protected and then we gotta stop giving reasons as to why our rights should be protected. We're out here talking about, oh, I use it for hunting. I use it for, no, I I want my AR. Why? Why do you need an AR? I don't need it. I want it. I want to have an AR. That's it. That's my explanation. I'm not about to sit here going back and forth and, and reasoning with a Kathy Hochul. She don't even know nothing about a gun. Like, what what are we talking about? I'm not... We got to stop giving explanations to have our rights. I don't need to explain why the Constitution should be followed. You should be explaining why you want to break the Constitution. Yeah, man. They're not sitting up here explaining why they want to abort every everything. Abortionists don't have to explain why they want to abort their kid. <laughs> so what are we talking about? Explain. I, I ain't explaining. You got to stop doing that. Why don't you want the vaccine? Because. Just because. Just because. I don't need to provide a reason. 
My reason is I don't want it. There was an article, like, I think I read it today, ESPN, hockey player, whole article because he didn't wear some sort of LGBT shirt or something. And he made a statement about it. Like, we got to stop explaining stuff. I didn't wear the shirt. I didn't do the warm up because I didn't want to. I didn't. You don't have to say my religious beliefs and all. Just stop doing that. Stop explaining because they don't explain why we have to conform to all to all this bilge. So I'm done with that, man. Explain why I don't want a vaccine. And then they just had the courts are not permitting Kathy to do her damage when it comes to the schools yet because the vaccines are ineffective. I'm not okay with that answer either. I'm not okay with that. Suppose they they consider them to be effective. I'm still not taking the vaccine. And I don't have to explain why. And the court saying because it's ineffective, I have a problem with that. They need to just say because this is unconstitutional. You're not going to be allowed to do this, Kathy. Like, what are we doing? Over 150,000 evictions this past year on Kathy's watch. Continuing with her impotence. She wants to see Joe Biden run for re-election. Oh, God help us all. God help us all. Hochul is complacent when it comes to non-citizens coming into New York and getting housing at the expense of citizens. She's complacent, and we've just gotten to the point where resident New Yorkers, we're on our own. We're defending ourselves to retain the rights that we should automatically enjoy because she'd rather give rights and privileges to foreigners. So we're fending for ourselves. Let me address the bad that I see with Zeldin. If he has a good solution to the migrants that are being sent to New York, he hasn't shared it. I didn't hear him address a specific action plan for rising housing costs. If he did, I missed it. My apologies. Zeldin doesn't hate Trump. That's... That's a bad characteristic that he has. He doesn't hate Trump. The good with Zeldin is almost the opposite of the bad with Hochul. He wants to fight for the rights of native New Yorkers. He wants to uphold the Constitution. He wants people to be held accountable for criminal activity. He wants the budget to be better managed. Hopefully that means making living in New York a more sustainable idea than it's been in recent years. But he wants the budget to be better managed. Zeldin wants parents to have control over the wellness of their children. Zeldin wants DAs and offices alike to do their jobs. A topic I believe to be irrelevant to this discussion is the right of New Yorkers to abort or murder. Neither of them said they would take it away, although Kathy claims Zeldin would. So, when I consider everything, the conclusion of it all is this. 
listen, Democrats like Kathy need Trump desperately. They owe him the biggest thank you. I mean, they're out here pretending like they hate him. They don't hate Trump. Trump? They don't hate Trump. They love Trump. Without Trump, there's no hope for the Democratic Party. There's no hope in the state and possibly in the country. What other reason could you have to justify keeping this mass murder in this position? And I mean, the results were so close. It was so close. I was just waiting on it because I, I thought for sure, I thought for sure Zeldin would take it. You got to go back to Pataki to find a Republican contender with an actual chance in this state. And what does that tell you about our beloved governor? He almost did it, man. He almost did it. But yeah, they need Trump. And that's what I mean when I say Trump can't save you. I'm talking to the Democratic Party. Using Trump as a reason to excuse all the incompetence in your party, that ain't going to fly. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, I can't find a Hochul supporter in New York. I can't even find one online. They've they've just I figure they got to be exclusively in New York City. And that's the one place I won't go right now. Forgive me if I prefer not to be murdered. You know, I talk about the election and the results. Part of me is not surprised. The reality is if the past two murderous governors had not caused thousands of sensible people to leave this state that they've thoughtlessly destroyed, the results would be different. I can't fault those people for leaving any more than I can absolve myself for staying. Perhaps I should leave. Maybe things will have to get worse before the people of New York realize the errors they've made. I speak for the large majority of those residing outside of New York City when I say I've seen enough. Trump can't save the Democratic Party in New York. He's getting further away from the picture. And people are starting to see the truth of it all. So I bring up New York to highlight a broader narrative that's perpetuated and promulgated. All over the country, the general population and the media, they're just not viewing both parties in a consistent manner. We're electing officials based on the merit that they hate Trump, which is no merit at all. Speaking of merit, what's going on, America? Talk to me, man. Critical race theory and and activism. The first Hispanic fill in the gap. The first LGBT fill in the gap. The first black woman fill in the gap. Vice president. Press secretary. I'm not saying these things can't be pointed out or applauded or appreciated. But it's at the point where these things have become a goal instead of adventitious effects. Once these things become goals, as they have, 
we suffer from the fall of meritocracy. Once upon a time, people were chosen because of their qualification. Those days are fading. Look at Hollywood. How many movies nowadays have been ruined because they're making the directors check diversity boxes when casting instead of looking for actual talent? Or how many scripts and plots are contrived because there's a narrative that needs to be pushed? Try that in the NBA. We don't have enough Japanese players or women or short people. Go ahead, try it in the NBA. It don't work like that, right? So why in the world would you try and and make that work anywhere else? What's his name? Watanube uh, of the Brooklyn Nets. One of the only Japanese players to ever play in the league. That's excellent. Right? That's excellent. We, we We can point that out. We can applaud that. But he wasn't chosen because he's Japanese. He was chosen because he's good at what he does. And how insulting is that to to choose people for any other reason than the fact that they're good at what they do? Wouldn't that be insulting? Everyone has to be representative. Oh, really? So no matter what representation that is, it needs to be there. It needs to be there. Okay, really? What are we talking about? And see, this is shadow oppression. Because they've caught us up in representation. And so we're just glad to have a black man on TV. Doesn't matter if he's in a dress. Doesn't matter if he's an idiot. As long as he's on TV. Stop forcing representation. Stop with the self-infantilization. Stop desiring patronization. How about this? Be better role models in your community. Be better parents. Be better teachers. That way, no one's looking for representation elsewhere. No one's looking at the TV for representation, right? Why don't we do that? Obama was a qualified candidate. Why insult people like him by choosing based on his race? Why why would you do that? That's why half the elected officials we have are garbage. All these intelligence agencies, all these government agencies, they're hiring anybody. And then we complain when they don't do a good job. Well, what did you think was going to happen? Oppression is abundant in this country. But it's not the oppression on NBC. I'm referring to a spiritual oppression, a shadow oppression where we don't even realize what's going on. If you're not spiritually sound, you won't recognize it. States like New York, they're violating the Constitution openly. We have conservative justices that are being targeted, they're being threatened, but as a result of the Twilight language, we've collectively tuned out and attacked voices of reason. There's an active push for laws permitting relationships with minors. And we're just blind to these things. Adults with minors. I told y'all what, they, what they're doing in the schools, right? 
Now, why would a five-year-old need to know about sex education? Well, why do you think? These things are intentional. Got plays, Broadway plays promulgating pedophilia. And they won't ever make the pedophile look like the bad guy. It's part of the gradualism. You won't see pedophile look like the bad guy. You won't see a gay person look like the bad guy. Won't see a Jew look like a bad guy. Never seen no big bad villain that's a Jew. I've just never seen it. But yeah, it starts with the tolerance. Next thing you know, you're supporting. You're advocating. You've got states allowing human remains to be used for compost and vegetation. Where is this heading? I don't think I want to know. But yeah, we're allowing legislation that violates the Constitution. And we're electing officials who do the same. Or they stand by and do nothing at all. And think about this. You know, I grew up, I didn't always see this country in the most positive of lights. But you have to admire some good aspects about what has been built here. Think about the Constitution. The U.S. Constitution, it's the longing it's the world's longest surviving constitution. Think about that. Country ain't perfect. But, you know, we talk about the Constitution. We talk about the Bill of Rights, these documents and amendments and whatnot. Understand that many of these things were created post-wars. After the Revolutionary War, after this, after just like today, when events happen and then policies are put in place based on those events that happen to reflect those events. It was the same back then. So when these documents are being made, being formulated, and they have amendments protecting rights, like we talk about the right to bear arms, the rights to assemble, these rights are specifically designed to protect the people from an overreaching government. And conservatives know this. Conserv- all conservatives know this. Self-defense is nice. Hunting, that's nice. Going to the shooting range. Oh yeah, those are all nice things. The amendment was about defense against government tyranny. Getting rid of and overthrowing govern- government tyranny, if necessary. And yes, these things were based off, off of biblical, biblical principles. They were derived from biblical principles. We know that. But it was to defend against tyranny. And the more the cryptocracy transitions this country towards Marxism and communism, the more important these amendments become these freedoms become tyranny can't coexist with freedom make no mistake it just can't 
The cryptocracy knows what they're doing. They're using fear to infringe on these amendments and these rights. But whatever methods you use to infringe on the rights, you're infringing on the rights. So it'll start with the assault rifles, which were never the real problem in the first place. But it won't just stay there. It won't stop there. You think they don't know the assault rifles aren't the problem? It was never about the safety of the people from the start. As things progress, if they get what they want, crime won't change. But they'll have the upper hand because they can use fear as a legitimate justification to take everything. And so they will take everything. Just like the promulgation of fear as a means of getting most political agendas advanced. They're still doing that. We're after the election. They're still doing this thing. So what do we do with this information? The million dollar question. What's our response? Well, if you ask me, no sense in dwelling on the past. First, I say we must unite and organize. Those of us with sound beliefs, we're spread thin. We're divided over all types of petty disputes. We need to be on one accord. In the book of Acts, whenever the people did something powerful or were about to do something powerful, it said they were on one accord. They had one accord. Once we're on the same page, it'll be easy for us to take powerful action together. We can call for impeachment. We can call for trials for these officials that need to answer for their crimes and criminal activity. We can do all that. But it starts with being united and organized. This is Elijah Gibbs speaking on transgressive modernity. You can email me at transgressivemodernity at gmail.com. I thank you all for listening. God bless you. Joe Biden, Chuck Schumer, and crazy Nancy Pelosi are the sinister faces of this corrupted, lawless political establishment. They enrich their families in Ukraine, China, Russia, while they send young Americans to fight and die for the borders of distant foreign nations, while they throw our borders open to an illegal foreign invasion, which is what is happening. Biden and crazy Nancy Pelosi are the sinister faces of this corrupt and lawless political establishment. They enrich their families in Ukraine, China, Russia, while they set violent criminals loose without charges while prosecuting their political opponents for fabricated crimes. They legalize mass robberies and cheer for BLM and Antifa rioters, ransacking our cities while they hold nonviolent protesters without trial, destroy their lives. They indoctrinate your children to hate their parents while calling you a hateful racist. They stick the FBI on mothers at school board meetings while they teach four-year-olds to pick their own genders. Would you like to change your gender? And they say it's absolutely fine for a boy or man to participate in women's sports. I don't think so. They use big tech to censor you. They use the deep state to spy on you. They use the media to slander you. They use the legal system to persecute you. All the while they claim is they are the ones defending democracy. They say they are the ones that are going to defend your democracy and your justice. 